tēnā koutou. You're listening to a co-education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. And by the time you get to the last person, they've almost been fully coached by the previous sessions because they could relate to every single thing that leader shared. And I love doing that kind of live coaching with a group of leaders. It is really powerful. Kia ora, ko toku ingwa. My name's Rochelle and I'm part of the learning experience team at Core Education. I'm here today with Rebecca Sweeney and Sean Bailey, who are here today to talk about leadership and inspiring others and what they can offer and how they can support others in that. Kia ora kōrua. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do in this area? Kia ora, Rochelle. Nice to be here. I'm Beck, Beck Sweeney, and um, I'm a consultant at CORE. I've been at CORE for about nearly 10 years, uh, and my main things that I do are around leadership coaching, mentoring as well, and supporting them with uh, workshops and collaboration is my other area. So helping leaders to collaborate, particularly if they're in a group of, of schools that are collaborating together, like communities of practice or kahuiako, yeah. Kia ora, Rochelle. Sean Bailey. I am a former school tūmawaki and now leadership consultant and coach. My work is primarily around working with school leaders in schools and increasing capacity and capabilities in terms of school leadership. And also sometimes I get the opportunity to work in other organisations as well, which is great. And over the last 18 months, I've had the opportunity to collaborate with the likes of Bex from Core Education and other great facilitators to be able to work together and collaborate together to work on different leadership projects. And that's been really exciting and I really enjoy that, Mahi. Kia ora kōrua. I've heard you both talk in the past that it's important to have purpose as a leader. And could you explain why that is? Yeah, do you want to go first, Sean, or shall I? Yeah, I'm happy to, Bex. <laughs> Purpose, in terms of where we're heading, in terms of our leadership journeys, I think it's really important, especially during these uncertain times, to have a really clear purpose as a school leader, whether you be a, a deputy principal or a tūmawaki, in order um, to enable you to be able to impact others in a great way. I think it's really important to look back and reflect on your purpose and your ability to be able to empower other people in regards to what's really important to you and what you're really passionate about. And I think, I guess that, you know, having been a tūmawaki as well, I, you know, I often used to think about and focus on the purpose I had in being able to influence others in regards to that as well. And I think a leader needs to have a purpose, otherwise they can't impact others often in a, in a great way. So, yeah, having a purpose is really important. What about you, Bex? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I just want to add to it, really. And that would be around your identity is always shifting and moving. And so, for me, when I'm coaching leaders, I think that purpose or that core piece about who you are and why you're doing what you're doing it's allowed to move and change over time as we learn more. And so um, I often sort of say to leaders, we don't want a perfect picture that you're aiming for because that can change depending on the context and the circumstances. So, yeah, but I think some of that's values-based, eh, Sean? Like connecting to your purpose and who you are is about living into your values. Totally, totally. 
Just to add to that too, you know, we often talk about the importance when you're leading with purpose to lead with head and heart. I think during these times, there's been a real call to be able to keep focusing not only the, on the head space in terms of being a leader, but also the heart based, um, as Bex talked about, the importance of values and being able to talk about those things quite a lot and integrate and build values based leadership principles into your practice as well. Yeah. So that's really, really important. Well, there's nothing worse than acting and living outside your values. <laughs> oh, kia ora So immediately that makes me go, okay, that sounds great. What does it look like? Do you have frameworks you use? And could you share an example of that? Because I totally understand what you're saying, but I, I'm like, what does that look like in the real world? Yeah, gosh, which which example do I pick? I think there's there's um, some things that come to mind for me is when I'm helping um, leaders to collaborate. So let's say you're a principal in a school and you're working with a group of other tumwaki and principals towards some kind of vision. And sometimes when I meet these groups of principals for the first time, they're actually not really clear on what that vision is together. And so that's the first thing we tend to work on. That's one thing I always want to check first, like actually do you have some clarity around your vision? And have you also co-constructed that? Because Mm. otherwise you can look at a vision and go, that's beautiful, it's beautifully worded. But actually does everyone understand what that really means on the ground when it plays out in action? Is everyone on the same page about what some of these words mean? even in action so really just thinking about that and unpicking it a bit and making sure that you've worked on it with not just your colleagues at the principal level but also the people that work within the their organizations you know their middle leaders their senior leaders their staff their communities yeah what about you Sean? Yeah good points raised there Bex just to add to that I think in terms of the work that we do with leaders, it's really important to get really clear around what are the intentions or the outcomes, what are you aspiring to achieve together, and being able to work together in regards to what those outcomes may be. And sometimes, you know, we develop frameworks or we might use frameworks with clients, but sometimes we might just open up the discussion and allow the discussion to go forward and not put concepts or ideas necessarily in a framework or a box because Mm. some people just don't often operate like that so I think that's important that any work we do with leaders we're really responsive to what their needs are and we work with leaders in regards to what where it is that they're at and where they need to be going as well I think sometimes as I said before it's really important to be intentional and aspirational around what your outcomes want to be and then maybe develop together, you know, either um, long-term, medium-term and short-term goals to be able to to get where you want to go. But I think the importance here is being really aspirational and being able to put something out there and say, hey, listen, this is what we're heading towards. You know, this is our North Star Mm. and this is what we'd like to achieve. We probably don't know how we're going to get there yet, but that's the exciting part of it. But I think having a really clear understanding of where you want to go is is really important when, when you're working together with um, great leaders in schools yeah, yeah. You'll, have, you'll be like me Sean as well I imagine where you've got some favorites like I've got some favorite go-to kind of tools that I do use like I've got a huge range but there's some that I just know work every time to help leaders to connect to their vision and purpose and to work together on that and 
you know, I love Patrick Lencioni's work, for example. I love Joan Dalton's learning talk frameworks. Yeah, so there's certain things, eh? Like I also, there's a really great working with communities resource by Mary Berryman, which I love. Yeah, what about you? You have some go-tos, some favourites? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been following some great leadership learning at the moment from up in Auckland, working with a, with a facilitator up there, and she's been talking me through a change bl- blueprint or a theory of change. So it's sort of like a, an approach towards progress and development. And as I said before, being really aspirational around that. So there's some great thinking across the country, across the world, Bex, mm. that we often draw from. And I think that's the cool thing we do too, is being able to keep current and updated with um, what's coming out in that leadership space around the types of frameworks and, and models that we can we can use to enhance our practice as, as leadership consultants and coaches. Yeah, well, let's face it, principals don't really have the time to go looking a lot of the time for this, the latest stuff out there. And that's where you and I have time and can do that and bring that to the table when we're working mm. with leaders. Yeah, yeah. Kia ora. So if someone is looking to start their leadership journey, and mm. where, where do they begin? What's the first step or steps that you would advise? <laughs> I used to think, I, I used to think the answer to this was to just guide and coach leaders who are starting on their journey to watch and listen and do that for at least six months to a year in a new place. And that's still somewhat true, but actually I've seen some pretty amazing examples of leaders who are starting out on their journey and they come in and they immediately set some ground rules or some things in place that they know for them and their the community that they're working in, it's gonna work, mm. you know? So they actually, there's nothing wrong with taking some action immediately as well, I think. So it's a bit of both and it's, that's tricky, isn't it, Sean? Because it's about reading the room and figuring out where you should take action and where you need to stop and listen for a while. Absolutely. I think if I look back on my past leadership experience as a, as a school leader in Tumawaki, I think one of the things I've often drawn from is, is inspirational people, like who can we keep surrounding ourselves with in terms of being those role models in education and leadership and who can we aspire to be like? I think it's really great to have those role models in our lives. And I look back on past principles that I've worked with. And I think it's really important, especially in this current educational climate, to keep surrounding ourselves with those people who are really aspirational and progressive with their thinking. Bex and I were just having a conversation before about those leaders around who often fulfill those roles in our lives who we can aspire to become like. And I think having those people is really important in terms of our careers as leaders. And when you first became a leader, Sean, did you have a formal coach or someone that you had had coaching you? Yeah, I think there wasn't any formalisation around it, but I worked alongside, I had the um, chance to start a brand new, a foundation school Mm. in 2017, and I was guided and mentored by an incredible weeks school principal, former school principal, who didn't have the the label as a coach, Mm. but actually did perform the role of a coach and gave me a huge amount of inspiration and encouragement to be able to keep learning first and foremost. Be a learner, I think, as a leader is a really important skill. We never stop learning as leaders. 
and and gave me the tenacity as it encourages I said to keep going and, and keep aspiring to what I wanted to become because as I said before I think we need those people around us in order for us to take our practice from good to great and and continue to inspire us on our leadership journeys so yeah we can never underestimate the ability of those people and often those people aren't really you know, out the front often. Sometimes they're quite grounded and centred in terms of their leadership principles. I think they're the people that I often are most inspired by. What about you, Bex, if you look back on past leaders you've worked with? Yeah, exactly the same. Like, they just have a way of allowing you to be you and find your own path through, but asking really great questions to get you to do some good thinking along the way. And I think that's what inspired me to become a coach. And you and I are both coaches now and both qualified through the International Coach Federation. And I think, you know, our experiences of being coached have led us to want to do that for others. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, kia ora. I have a really good sense in terms of the support and the value of having a coach or a mentor when you are beginning your leadership journey. But I was also aware that I know you guys have offered webinars and in those webinars, leaders can connect with other leaders or other potential leaders to share their purpose, to actually also to have that peer-to-peer learning. Why is peer-to-peer learning really important for this role? One of my areas of expertise is collaboration, right? So getting adults to collaborate. And I, I see the importance of that when you're in the similar role together and sharing the same experiences and also through collaborative inquiry, you know, teacher reflection and inquiry. So I see how hugely important that is. But what also makes me laugh about myself is that sometimes I'm not very collaborative, even though I did my research on that and encourage other people to do it all the time. Sometimes I would like to get into a dark hole and just work on my own for a very long time and do it my way. (laughs) And I suspect a lot of leaders out there are kind of sometimes like that. You know, that's a part of what drew them to leadership is wanting to do something their own way. I think we have to live with that way of being that actually a lot of adults do sometimes want to go it alone. But the power of the collaboration from, from my perspective is actually sharing the load, like getting into something together because it's going to make things easier in the long run. And collaboration isn't easy, but there's something quite powerful about collaboration. It does slow things down, but at any collaborative group I've ever worked with where they've done a great job of this, they've come out the other end and they would never stop the collaboration. They're so engaged with it and it's done so much for their thinking and their practice that they'd never give it up. Yeah, what about you, Sean? Yeah, totally. I also value the importance of collaboration, but also working independently as a leader as well. But I guess the current environment that we are leading in and working in is calling us to become more collaborative. You know, it's been really challenging over the last couple of years in terms of leadership across New Zealand and the world. And there's increasing demands often now being placed on on school leaders in terms of challenges and expectations. And I think sometimes it's really important to surround yourself with a tribe of of people who you can be inspired by, Mm. but not only inspired by, can be supported by. I think, you know, school leadership, being a tumuaki can be a very lonely and isolated role at times, even though you're surrounded with people all the time. 
ultimately it still can be very lonely and I think the importance of collaboration and, and as I said surrounding yourself with great people who you can be supported by in your role and you can learn from as we talked about before is, is hugely beneficial and we can never I don't think underestimate the importance of collaborative leadership when it comes to working together. Yeah. I also, what we're noticing out there is a lot of principals I'm working with in Tumwaki are really missing doing the big picture thinking. And in fact, some senior leadership teams I work with, they've actually refocused what I do with them as a coach to actually give this time and space to big picture thinking or blue skies thinking or whatever you want to call it, but mm. the chance to actually lift yourself out of the weeds, which is something that you say a lot, Sean, getting yourself out of the weeds, and actually think what next big picture here? Where are we heading? Do we need to catch up with what's going on in the wider world? And the principles are really missing that. I think they've been buried in the weeds for a long time and down in the detail too much, and they're desperate to lift themselves out of that, really, and I think that's the power of getting them together is actually providing them with that space. Yeah, totally. And often, Bex, we talk about school leaders being time poor, Mm. you know, not having enough time to be focusing on the creative, innovative side of of operating a school, either strategically and innovatively. And, And I think our way of working with the leaders that we work with is being able to, with them, prioritise time and and be able to make the use of the time that they have got to be able to focus on their leadership learning because having been a Tumawaki myself, I often used to reflect on the fact that we're often giving, giving, giving all the time in terms of providing learning opportunities to other people in the school or teachers and educators in the school, but often our learning needs were at the bottom or continue to be at the bottom of the list. And so I think sometimes, you know, especially in this environment, we need to actually raise the importance of of leadership learning across our te roa and be able to work with leaders to prioritise time to be able to focus on their learning. Yeah, your thoughts? I totally agree. Yeah. Kapai, two things jumped out at me there when you were talking about that was one, that the opportunity to learn from others. So often I imagine if someone's talking about their situation, of course it's you can't just grab it and plonk it down in your situation, but you'll get ideas perhaps or think, oh, aspects of that could, could work for um, our kura. And also... There's nothing like committing to someone else to actually carving or crowbarring out that time to actually do that essential, as you say, big picture thinking, which sometimes can get lost in the the admin sometimes or aspects. And I was wondering, are you guys able to share an example of peer-to-peer learning and how you've seen it really support Tumuaki in that? I guess if we look at our approach to leadership coaching, having been undertaken the leadership coaching qualifications, you know, leaders can be coached individually, but they can also be coached as a group. And something that I've been trialling over the last 12 months is is group coaching with school leaders, you know, coming together and learning together and being coached together. Mm. So in terms of peer learning, I think that's a, a good example sometimes of being able to collaborate and 
in a supportive environment and, and learn together. So that's just an example that I can pull that's, from. That's a great example, and me too. Also, I don't know what you'd call this. I haven't got a name for it. <laughs> but when I work with a group of leaders, and that, it might be quite a small group, like five or six or something like that, and they might bring something that they'd like to be coached on to the session, and I'll demonstrate some coaching in, in front of them. So it's not quite group coaching where the whole group's being coach kind of thing but I'm coaching one at a time around the room and just giving them a quick short sharp sort of 10 minute coaching session and by the time you get to the last person they've almost been fully coached by the previous sessions because they could relate to every single thing that leader shared and I love doing that kind of live coaching with a group of leaders it is really powerful yeah and um, that's so that's one kind of peer-to-peer learning example yeah yeah Oh, mahi pai, that's that's a brilliant example, and I could I could totally see that in action. And that I found when I was studying at university, often the eureka, the light bulb mo- moment, would come to me in tutorials. Like when someone who was also studying, the way they would describe it would be slightly different from the lecturer, and you know, and slightly different from the tutor. And I'd be like, ah, and I would. I would get a lot more sort of links and it would actually suddenly make a lot more sense. That's so helpful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is when leaders are working together and we've both explained things that we would both facilitate or or coach um, in terms of group coaching or live coaching or whatever. Ultimately, what we would like is that, well, I think you'd like the same, Sean, um, <laughs> that we'd cut the apron strings and we wouldn't be there anymore. And so this group is actually doing that for themselves. And uh, and so when they get to see Sean and I operating in that way, they can use that to build their own skill set, to do it back in their school, but also with each other. And that's also where collaborative inquiry comes in. So professional growth cycles, reflection on practice, collaborative inquiry, whatever you want to call it. I think all of that should always be collaborative. And, and all of my experiences going from working with people on individual leadership inquiries through to collaborative the power comes with leaders working together on their professional growth and it's way it's way easier and it's far more real way of doing it, you know, like it's authentic to work on a leadership inquiry with others rather than sitting in your own kind of echo chamber trying to work out what you should do differently about your practice. You, you can never really see yourself properly. It makes sense when you think about other forms of mahi like when I write something, well, when we all write something, you don't normally write something and that's it. You normally ask for feedback. You share it with a couple of trusted colleagues and you, you look for constructive criticism and then it always enhances aspects and it's a similar mindset, isn't it? To sort of just to have someone to bounce ideas off or to help you. I don't know if the people you're supporting experience this, but occasionally things I think are a huge issue actually aren't as big an issue as you think and vice versa so true and it's I think that's when we're starting to talk about what like true collaboration so you can be sharing which is just sharing ideas and resources which is fine I'm not judging it but that's not true collaboration that's going to really make a difference and Mm. in the true collaboration that really makes a difference are the things that the three of us are describing in our conversation right Mm. now eh? like critique of practice Mm. deep reflection those sorts of things Yeah, and also picking up on what we discussed before around the importance of values and building a really high trust environment with the group that you are working with. And so you're able to have those 
those challenging conversations, you know, when you're actually critiquing practice and really digging deep and probably being a bit vulnerable sometimes in terms of being able to share your experiences as a leader. I look back on my leadership experience and the best learning I've done over the years is when I've gone into that space and, you know, being able to really think critically and reflectively around my leadership, Mm. especially what I need to change and improve on. So ultimately, that's what we want, but actually you have to create that trusting environment in order for that to happen at the end of the day. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. Yeah. Oh, te rawe te korua. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you'd just like to mention before we finish? Yeah, I think probably we should talk about something that Sean and myself and another colleague at Kohuana Teika have been working on the leadership akoranga, and we really, this is a, a sort of a system or a what would you call it, Sean? It's a model. A model, I guess so. Yeah, it's like a space or a model or a system that we designed to kind of capture all the things that need to happen to help our tumwaki, our principles, to professionally grow, and it's all the stuff we've talked about today sitting inside a hub, if you like. And so the akoranga is something that we've worked on. Oh, how long did we work on it for? Oh, probably close to two years. Yeah, now. quite a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It includes coaching. It's, an, it's like an offering from us to help a group of leaders to collaborate, to build themselves professionally, to grow. And so it yeah, has coaching, it has peer supervision, it has leadership inquiries are in there. But also we bring some of the latest thinking and education into the akoranga so that they don't have to go looking. So we add that value as well. So, Sean, you might want to talk about the areas or what would you say about the akoranga? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're pretty excited about the model that we've developed. You know, it's been a work in progress, as we said, over the last two years to come up with a model that we think is responsive to the needs of leaders across Aotearoa. And so we've given a lot of thought and time and energy around making sure that the model that we've come up with is is going to meet the current need in terms of leadership learning. You know, we've created a why around a commitment to Aotearoa's living learning community for learners. So that's at the heart or the centre of the model. So that's our why. And then our how in the middle, we're focusing on four key areas, relational leadership, equity-focused leadership, reflective leadership, and transformative leadership. Often those areas of leadership that are overlooked because leadership becomes difficult and challenging and hard sometimes. So coming back to those principles that are really, really important that we've always valued but sometimes can become lost. But also, you know, identifying the uniqueness of our context in Aotearoa that focus on equity-focused leadership is really important in New Zealand at the moment. So making sure we're honing in on that. And then on the outside, we look at different practices that we can work or co-construct with the leaders that we're working with in order to make sure that those four areas we I talked about before and our why statement can be lived out. You know, what are the practices that leaders can put into place that we can help them with to enable their practice 
to be enhanced and and go from good to great. So, you know, just keep focusing on improvement. But the power of the akaronga is being able to do the learning with other people and generate ideas together and be able to collaborate and learn together. I think Bex is is part of the is part of the importance of the model. What would you think? Yeah, I agree, definitely. And I so that's exactly what's at the centre of all of it really is the power of working together. And I think also those areas like relational leadership, etc. We, we worked really hard to make sure that this akoranga is actually pulling in a lot of other things that we know are really important in education in Aotearoa at the moment, like well-being, for example, sits under relational. The professional growth cycle is obviously a big part of this. Um, which is new for, for leaders in the way it's being articulated by the Education Council. Other frameworks like Tūranga Tiratanga that are really important that, you know, so the Akoranga hasn't made up a whole bunch of new stuff, it's trying to also pull in what we know is already good and working out there. Yeah, so we're really excited with the opportunity of moving forward and working with groups of leaders to be able to collaborate together and learn together using this model that we've put together. So exciting times. Yeah, ma'am, definitely. Namahi Nui Kōrua for your time, your thoughts and also your real life examples around the importance of leadership. Karawe, thank you Rochelle. Thank Appreciate you Rochelle it. for the opportunity. You've been listening to a core education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Te nā rā koutou.